This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. What a week. What a week it's been. What a weekend, guys. It's been fun. Had a great time with some DFS stacks, right? Oh my God, were they fun. Now, we had a great time, guys. We had a great overall weekend. I was a little bit down on my pick percentages and my my output from previous weeks. Like in comparison, I'm normally hitting about 89%. This past week, I was down to 73% correct. So yeah, not a great week for me, but overall, compared to the industry, industry standards, I still ended up doing pretty well. Still ended up doing all right. And tonight, man, tonight we have a gross, we have an absolutely gross matchup over there. We have the Bears. Yes, we have the Bears and we have the Rams. And this is something to where, like, we don't know exactly which direction this is going to go in. Is it going to be a blowout on the Rams side? Are the Bears defense going to be able to, to keep up? You know, there's a lot of variables when it comes to this actual matchup. So it's something as to where I'm. I'm a little bit hesitant on rolling out too many lineups. You know, I think that, that this this is the week over here where we can actually play a lot of the chalk and then end up playing, you know, one guy off the left-hand side like, um, I don't know, we'll say Darnell Mooney or something along those lines. So with that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and dive into this episode. And like I said, it's probably one of the worst ones I've covered in terms of fantasy point output. But that's not always a bad thing. I mean, both defenses are in the top half of the league at almost every position, except for the Rams, uh, who are 17th up against the tight end. So they barely missed the cut. But the weird thing is with the Rams tight end situation or the defense, I should say, going up against it is the majority of it's pretty much uh, skewed like they faced the Eagles, right? They faced the 49ers with Kittle putting up 109 and a touchdown. Then the Bills game, right, where they came back and the tight ends put three touchdowns on the Rams. It's not like this is an every week thing. This is something as to where it was the freak, you know, situation over there with the Bills and the tight ends. Meanwhile, you have the Eagles who obviously use tight end a lot and the 49ers with Kittle and he's an absolute monster. So, yeah, Rapp, Taylor Rapp, who's the, the safety over there, he's mainly responsible. He's mostly responsible for covering the tight end. He was actually really good last year up against the tight end. Not great, but very, very good. And yeah, with it, with the full that he's had, with that fill that he's had over there up against Kittle, Ertz, Goddard, and then the three tight ends, three touchdown situation. Yeah, I'm not expecting Jimmy Graham to, to go out there and absolutely crush rap and put up 100 yards, two touchdowns. But either way, there are points to be had in this matchup. And yeah, you're, you got to play the defenses. I think the defenses are actually the first lock, that first sign of guys that you actually have to play. I mean, it, it's kind of obvious, and I don't want to be too obvious while stating that fact, but the defenses are both in play for me 100%. Foles is 10th with 10 interceptable passes so far in just three and a half games. Three and a half games, and he has 10 interceptable passes. Meanwhile, his completion percentage is 30th, so I'm not afraid of him actually, you know, putting up points on you. And it's maddening because his receivers are open. He's just not hitting his damn receivers. Yeah, so... 
Then you got to look at the fact that his the starting gar, uh, guard, Coward, could end up missing some time. And this is up against Donald. You know, Aaron Donald, this is not the game that you want your guard to be missing. So that could be trouble for Nick Foles. Meanwhile, we have Goff over there, who's, you know, been pretty good about protecting the ball. He, he has been since, I believe, his rookie season. He's only thrown eight interceptable passes. But then you kind of scale it back and you look at it. And the teams that they've faced, right? You have the NFC East, pretty much. They've already played all those guys. And then you have the Bills and the 49ers. All their games outside of the 49ers in Washington, so four of the six games, are against teams that are bottom half in the NFL in interceptions. So it's not like they had a, it's not like Goff has had like this gauntlet of, of tough matchups. Meanwhile, he's 17th, like I said, interceptable passes with eight. So this could actually be a game where we see Goff toss cold passes. I mean, Bears coming off a game with two interceptions up against Teddy Bridgewater, right? I'm, I'm telling you guys, like, Teddy Bridgewater's thrown just five all year. So these, this two interception game this past week was actually pretty promising overall. So, yeah, I kind of like both defenses, even if you put them in the same, the same lineups. Hell, I even like the Rams defense if you put in the captain spot. And that, that's tough for me to say. I don't normally get behind putting defenses in the captain spot, but this game could be that low scoring. So I'm going to actually dive into this. We're going to actually take a look at the individual matchups and let's go ahead and talk about this because I'm assuming that Buster Screen is going to play tonight. They're saying that he's likely to play um, and he should be in the slot. They play a lot of bunch formations over there with the Rams and, you know, they like to move their receivers around. But Cup is actually getting snaps in the left slot the majority of the time while Woods is getting snaps on the right hand side of the field and in the right slot. Meanwhile, Reynolds actually lines up on the outside, mostly on the left side of the field. Cup, right, he's going to see a lot of screen and a lot of Jalen, too. I mean, if they end up going to, to zone coverages on some of these play calls, he's going to end up seeing one-on-one coverage with Jalen. And out of all the wide receivers in this matchup, I probably have the most shares of Cooper Cup. There's one other guy that I'm going to mention here in a bit, but I really, really like Cooper Cup. We saw DJ Moore go off against him last week. Um, knowing McVay, he loves to, to watch game film and actually attack areas as to where the team before that actually had success so I could see a heavy heavy dose of Cooper Cup this week over the past four games Cooper Cup has seen 34 targets that's absolutely insane 34 targets the the funnier part about it is the fact that he's seen five six seven eight nine and ten targets so far this season thought that was a little fun fact but yeah he has not seen the same amount of targets yet Either way, he's loaded with opportunity, especially in the red zone. I mean, this is the, the go-to guy. And up against the Bears defense and Buster Screen, who's been good. Nothing against Buster Screen. He's been good so far this year. But I think that Cooper Cup is the superior athlete. And being able to see one-on-one coverage with that Jalen out there on the outside, I think that could be a smash, smash play. Cooper Cup is probably my favorite receiver on the slate. Um, Johnson over there is allowing 20 yards of reception. That's absolutely insane. I mean, he's pretty good when it comes to reception uh, percentages, but overall, 20 yards reception, all it takes is one or two big plays. I'm telling you guys, like Cooper Cup is a smash. Teams, they're attacking him for the big plays. So we could also see Woods slide over there as well. But for the majority of the time, Woods is probably going to end up facing Fuller, who has shut down Slayton, shut down Evans, and then shut down Robbie Anderson as well. They all struggled up against Fuller. Fuller is the real deal, guys. And, and honestly, I'm fading Woods hard. I'm fading Woods hard tonight, real hard. Um, Reynolds is actually the guy that I would like to play over Woods. I'm not going to have a ton of shares of him or anything like that, but he's being used right now to stretch the field. And last week, if you guys missed it, you guys go to back, 
Go back and look at it. He had an amazing, amazing touchdown. It was like a 40-yard pass where he fought through pass interference. It was sick. So I love Reynolds to be in there like, you know, just a, just a few dashes of him. The biggest part with him is the fact that he's priced at 2800 And that's just sexy. That's absolutely, absolutely sexy. And we talked about Jalen Johnson already. Oh, my God. Reynolds could end up having, you know, two or three receptions for for 60 yards and two touchdowns it's very very possible so i like this matchup that reynolds has being you know matched up exclusively on the outside left side of the field where jalen johnson lines up i believe like 66 percent of the time and honestly i feel like it's going to be that kind of matchup by the way did i say buster screen earlier yeah, yeah that's right buster screen yeah so anyways guys i i think that reynolds could absolutely be a smash play and I'm not saying like lock him in, but he's definitely going to be in quite a few of my lineups, maybe even one with the captain spot. He could have that upside and we could see very, very low scoring game, which I'm going to mention multiple times throughout this. We could see a very low scoring game and all it takes is one or two touchdowns. And and that person is going to end up smashing DFS. And if it's Reynolds this week, you're going to want him in your lineup. Now, the running back room over there is conundrum. Uh, It's going to be tough for me to want to play you know, anyone else outside of Henderson. The Bears are really, really good at, against opposing running backs, especially in the receiving game. But it's primarily because teams haven't been passing to the running back. And it's kind of weird because there's only two running backs with five targets. Meanwhile, all the rest have three or less. So I don't know, maybe that's just because, you know, teams are actually up against the Bears and the Bears are in come up, comeback mode despite having a great record so far. They've just, it's been a weird, weird situation over there with the Bears. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sitting there thinking that Henderson is the only guy that I'm playing because he's seizing the starting role. And when they're in the red zone, they're giving it to him over and over and over again. That was supposed to be the Malcolm Brown role. But after Malcolm Brown got hurt, uh, you know, Henderson's been seizing that role and he's been pretty relatively good about it. I know Malcolm Brown, you know, is getting more touches earlier in the season, but right now he's just not being utilized. So, yeah, there's always a chance that, that he gets in one at the goal line. But Henderson is the go-to guy there this week. Uh, man, for the past, wait, I'm sorry, the past four weeks, 21 red zone touches is what Henderson has. So I'm leaning more towards Henderson over any of these guys. I'm not trying to get cute. I think that Henderson is a play, and I think you got to put him in a lot of your lineups. He's going to be a, a meat and potatoes type guy for me in this matchup. So, and that includes in the captain spot, by the way. I might have one lineup with Cam Akers just to see if I can get lucky. But yeah, I'm not going to be playing Cam Akers a whole lot. Uh, the matchup that I, that I think is going to be very, very interesting is the one with Everett, right? Gerald Everett. He's a sneaky play. He's 14 less than Higby. They're both seeing about a 20% target share while running routes. The issue is, is Higby has been seeing far more snaps. So that's why he's been able to produce a little bit higher overall. But Higby's been in there as a blocking tight end. 69% of the time, he's blocking, not running routes. So he's got a hurt hand right now. And they're saying he's going to play. If he doesn't play, Everett's even a, a more smash play. But if, if Higby does play with a hurt hand, could we see more time blocking? You know, you need, you need hands in order to catch the ball. And even if he has like one drop, they could sit there, coaching staff could sit there and say, hey, let's leave this guy in as a blocker. That's what he's good for. That's what he does. So Everett can not only see an increase in snaps, but he could also see an increase in routes run by running the Higby routes. I, I'm loving him. Like he's closing in in terms of routes run. Both had 17 last week. 
and the Bears are getting beat in the red zone by the tight end. They're allowing 65 yards or more to a t- or a touchdown to the tight end position to every team that's not named the Panthers. So obviously the Panthers don't use the tight end at all. So I'm kind of dismissing them. So I'm saying every single game so far this season, they've allowed what, yeah, either 65 yards or a touchdown to the tight end position. Yeah, so I'm playing Everett. And I'm going to get Higby just in case I'm wrong on this and the hand issue. Maybe it's not as big of a deal as I'm thinking it is. I'll get Higby in a, in a couple lineups here and there. But Everett is going to be in a lot of my lineups as kind of like that smash play. I might even have one in the captain as well. Now, with that being said, and all the pass catches we talked about, you're playing Goff. I mean, he could throw two touchdowns and three interceptions, you know, for 250 yards. But that could actually be the best value out there in terms of points scored because, I mean, we could see this game be you know, seven to 10, we could see this game being, you know, 13, 17, something outrageous. I mean, we could see a game, uh, a game where there might not be any touchdown scored. There probably is, but there might not be. That's how, you know, off put I am by this game and the points that are, you know, potentially scored. So yeah, I'm going to play golf no matter what. And I do have a flyer over there and that's going to be Van Jefferson. He's getting phased out right now. I don't love Van Jefferson. I don't think that he's going to get a ton of snaps, but we talked about Jalen Johnson. What if they end up pulling, you know, Reynolds out and they leave Van Jefferson over there on the outside for a deep target? You know, everybody talked about how he was the fastest receiver at the, at the pro day, pro bowl or senior bowl day, excuse me, the senior bowl day, you know, Van Jefferson could end up definitely, definitely having that big time play for you. I think you got to mix him in. I think you got to mix him in. Now, Frank Duffy said a, a chipmunk mentioned acres. Any thoughts? Thank you, Frank Duffy, for your nature takes, by the way. But yeah, no, acres is just going to be, you know, in there every other. I, I might have him in one lineup. That's about it. Anyways, guys, so let's go ahead and bounce over to the other side. Bouncing over to the other side. We've got. Oh, man. So we got Allen Robinson, right? Who's the, been the smash play. He's been the smash play almost every single week. He's the go-to guy over there in Chicago. But I'm not loving him. And this could be the first time ever. I normally feel like Robinson is matchup proof. I really do. Uh, but Ramsey. Ramsey should be shadowing. I expect Ramsey to shadow Allen Robinson. Even if he goes to the slot, which, you know, I don't feel like that from most, or normally most corners, or shadowing corners, excuse me. I don't normally feel like that from most shadowing corners. They normally don't uh, travel to the slot as often. But yeah. Ramsey does. Uh, we saw it with Tate. We saw it with McLaurin. We saw it with Debo Samuel. Now, he tends to struggle a little bit with like quicker, twitchy type guys like Debo, but A-Rob's not that. A-Rob's a physical wide receiver. He's the big body slot guy uh, when, they, when they do shift him into the slot. So yeah, I think, that, I think that Ramsey could actually shut him down. Last year when they faced off, he was four for six for 15 yards. That's not good. Now, this was with Mitch at quarterback, but I don't think Foles is that much better, especially for Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson this week is actually a bench for me. I'm not going to be playing him in a whole lot of lineups. I might have him one just in case I'm wrong, but it's not going to be a lot. Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is another guy that should see coverage up against a very good corner. Uh, Troy Hill, who plays on the outside in two cornerback sets, but when they switch up to nickel, he travels to the slot. That's not good news for, for Miller. If, man, he does have opportunities, right? He does tend to get open. It's just the fact of Nick Foles not being able to hit him. He has that issue with, with both Mooney and with Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller has the 57th most catchable target rate. That's brutal. 
but all they need to do is connect once. So although Anthony Miller, I'm not playing in a ton of lineups, I will have him in a couple. He's going to be that salt that I, you know, do a few dashes of. Now, statistically, Darius Williams over there actually has been the best cornerback on the Rams team so far. But when I go back and I look at it, Darius Williams lines up on the left-hand side of the field. He takes that outside speed receiver, you know, that, that deep threat. And when I go back and I look at the teams, right, he faced the Cowboys, which Dak didn't know that he could look left at Gallup up until the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden he woke up and Gallup had a, you know, somewhat decent game, but not really. But I mean, he wasn't targeting him early in the game. And then the Eagles wide receivers, like, what are those? The Eagles actually have wide receivers? I don't know. Rager still went uh, 4-4 for 41 yards. But yeah, I, like, that's not a that's not a team that I'm really scared of when it comes to a deep threat on the left outside. John Brown uh, must have gotten hurt. I need to look more into that game. I just didn't have time. I wanted to get this episode out to you guys, but he only played 29 snaps in that game. So yeah, John Brown wasn't being utilized on the left outside. And then, yeah, they did well up against Slayton. I'll give him that. He did very well up against Slayton. But then we, we pop over to Washington and Washington doesn't have a field stretcher. They don't have that outside speed guy that would line up on the left-hand side of the field. The 49ers, don't throw it further than, than 10 yards down the field. So, yeah, I mean, outside of Slayton, which, by the way, the Giants offensive line was getting crushed by Aaron Darnold that week. Donald, excuse me, not Darnold. Donald. I mean, I'm telling you guys, like, it's, it's something where this is something to keep an eye out for. Like, how good is he really? Mooney, right? He's getting open. He's getting open constantly. He's 20th in the NFL. 20th in the NFL in yards of separation per target which is something that the, the Bears really needed. They needed that field stretcher guy who can actually separate from the defender. It, the, the only thing is this Foles is awful. Like, he is awful at hitting him. He's hitting him. His, his accuracy rating is 81st in the NFL for, for catchable target rate. That's brutal. 81st in the NFL for catchable target rate. He can't hit the broad side of a barn if it was named Mooney. He couldn't hit it. So all it takes is a couple of passes right? Just they got to connect. They just got to connect and it'll pay off. All he needs is two, three big time plays with, with a touchdown or two. And it works. You're in there. Like you're safe. And, and you got to sit there and you got to think about it. Like Mooney has four, three, eight speed versus Dar- uh, Darius Williams, who has four, four, nine speed. So Mooney can burn this guy. He really can. I absolutely love Mooney. And I'm going to be playing him in quite a few, quite a few different lineups. Now, I do have to revisit something because both defenses, like we said, are top half in the league at every position, except for the Rams, who up against the tight end, they're 17th. Like we talked about it being majorly skewed. You know, they face the Eagles, the 49ers, and then they face the, uh, you know, with George Kittle, excuse me. And then they had that weird three touchdown game up against the Bills. So I don't know if I'm expecting Jimmy Graham to go off, right? Like he could end up having a massive game. But Rapp was one of the better safeties at defending the tight end. We talked about that as well. I don't know, man. I think that Graham has to be looking forward to this one. They faced a top 12 defense in five of their six matchups up against the, top, uh, up against the tight end. That's absolutely nuts. Like, that's something that, that, oh my God, that's a nightmare. The one game that they didn't, right? The one out of six games they didn't was up against the Falcons where he put up 60 receiving yards and two, tight end, uh, and two touchdowns. Now, I don't think that, that Jimmy Graham... I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be, you know, as good. I'm sorry, I don't think that the Rams are going to be as, as good or as bad up against the tight end as the Falcons are. But yeah, it, it's something as to where I think that Jimmy Graham still could end up getting points in this one. My biggest question, however, is will they get another tight end involved? 
because yeah, they're using Jimmy Graham heavily, like heavy, heavy doses of Jimmy Graham. He's seen seven targets a game over the last four weeks, including eight last week, which only trailed Robinson for targets on his team. However, Cole Komet got the tutty. So Cole Komet at 1,800 and Harris at 400. Demetrius Harris, I think you need to take some shots on those guys. Like, I think that Graham's going to be in a lot of my lineups. But yeah, I, I like Cole Komet. I like Harris as a, as a dart throw. Like, they're going to each be in probably two or three of my lineups. Now, Foles, right, he's had accuracy issues. And I think that that's a major thing that the coaching staff is trying to address. So I think that's why we're seeing an uptick in targets to the tight end is because of the play calling. They're trying to keep it close to the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, I'm imagining that the Graham is almost a must play in most of your lineups. You know, like we talked about, this is something where only one touchdown can end up making it. Meanwhile, I'm taking dart throws on both Komet and Harris. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, I don't think that Wims is a shot. He's not a dart throw. I'm not going to waste my my salary on him. I might have a couple lineups with Peterson in there and maybe one even with, with Ted Ginn, you know, shot in the dark maybe. But yeah, I'm not going to waste too much of my, my salary on those guys. And there is a guy that I really hate playing, but I think he's a, a must play, and that's going to be Montgomery. God, I hate saying that. That sounded gross. That was cringeworthy. Oh, God, I need to go wash my mouth out. Oh, man, somebody compared in one of our group chats, somebody compared Montgomery to hot dog water, and I absolutely loved it. That's how I feel about him. But the thing is, it's like, He's sitting there at 8400 That's Oh, that's really expensive, too. Oh, my God, I hate it. But I would hate to see even more where it's a 10 to 13 game and he has one of the two touchdowns scored in this game. Like, I would, like I, would, I would hate myself for it. So, yeah, especially now that he's the only running back over there getting touches with the exception of, of course, Cordell Patterson. I think that you have to play Montgomery. I think that he has to be in a couple of your lineups. I'm not saying go out there and make sure that he's a stamp. Like, make sure he's in every one. But I'm going to play him in a captain spot. I'm probably going to play him in a few different ones where I have, uh, you know, where I have it, it as a run-heavy base game. Probably a lot of those ones where I have the defenses in there. Montgomery is going to be a play this week for me in, in probably close to 20% of my, my lineup so, or up to date for this, for this upcoming week. So, yeah, that's actually going to end it for us, guys. Sorry I stumbled through the tail end of that. If you guys want to go check out our Facebook page, or our, I'm sorry, our Facebook group, go check out Fantasy Football Discussion, guys. It's a great Facebook group. We have 22,000 members over there. I think we actually might be closing on 23 now. So go check that out. It's extremely interactive, guys. We have hundreds of guys that, that answer questions over there for you all for Starter Sit. So go check out Fantasy Football Discussion. If you guys want to go find our, our content, make sure you guys go check it out at Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Fantasy Intervention. To the bottom of the screen, once again, that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Fantasy Intervention. If you guys want to give me a follow on Twitter, FF underscore Intervention. Make sure you guys go follow. And then, of course, check out our YouTube pages on Linktree. Go subscribe. Help us get to 100 so we can start customizing our channel, guys. Go check out YouTube, Fantasy Intervention, and then we can actually have a link over there on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. We need to get to 100, though. So, Yeah, guys, thanks again for, for tuning in. And thank you guys for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. I'm out. That's how you bang a podcast.